What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Lindsay here for my contribution to our Black History Month week of revisiting interviews. I wanted to showcase a conversation I had last February when I spoke with Grambling State senior Shakila Hill. We spoke days after she notched a quadruple double with 26 points, 16 rebounds, 13 assists, and 10 steals in a victory over Arkansas Pine Bluff. That was actually Shakila's second quadruple double in a 13-month span. To put all this into perspective, Shakila was just the fourth woman in Division I women's hoops to get one quadruple double in her career. Only one man in Division I NCAA hoops has ever gotten a quadruple double. And she's the only man or woman to get two quadruple doubles in Division I NCAA basketball. Um, I wanted to remember not only her athletic feat, but also um, the fact that she achieved this while playing for an HBCU. She spoke so passionately about what it meant to her to be uh, an athlete at a historically black college and university. I think it's so important that we, you know, support HBCU athletes, obviously not only during Black History Month, but all throughout the year. In this interview, you'll hear Shakila talk about her dreams of going to the WNBA. Unfortunately, she didn't get drafted or invited to any training camps last year, which was which was difficult. But she didn't give up on her dream. Shakila signed with uh, ZKK Krajevo in Serbia last September, and last month she put put up her first quadruple double as a professional with 15 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and 11 steals. We're really hoping that WNBA scouts are paying attention. Enjoy this uh, interview with Shakila from a year ago this month. I am very excited today to have here with me the quadruple double artist herself, Shakila Hill from Grambling State. Shakila, thank you so much for being on Burn It All Down. Thank you for having me. So... Let's just start. Let's go way back. When did you fall in love with basketball? And how did you develop such a diverse skill set? I've been in love with basketball for as long as I can remember. Um, I have a picture. I have like a busted chin as a kid. And it's for Christmas. I got a basketball and I had to be at least three or four. So I've been playing it for as long as I can remember. And I have three brothers and we kind of all just developed together, I guess we could say. I love that. Did your, so you all, you grew up playing with the guys, like a lot of, a lot of girls basketball players do, of course. (laughs) So why Grambling State? What was the recruiting process like in high school and what made you settle on Grambling State? Because it's in Louisiana, correct? And you are from Arkansas? 
Yes. Okay. All right. So how, how'd that process go about? Well, initially I didn't even want to play basketball in college. So I wanted to go to Grambling somewhere kind of close to home. It's only three hours from home. And I wanted to go to an HBCU. And then Coach Pierre, who's the coach that recruited me, he's also still the assistant coach. Um, he just kept harping, like, you need to come down here. You need to meet Nadine Damone. Like, you need to try this. And he called me literally every day. And I got so annoyed, I committed. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So why, why, I'm guessing you were a high school basketball standout if you were getting recruited yes. so hard. So why didn't you want to play in college initially? Well, my brother went to Louisiana Tech, and when he used to come home, he used to just tell, like, horrible stories about how much they ran and how much they did. And then he was just like, like, if you want to do it in college, it becomes a job. Like, you might not have as much fun as you used to. You might not love it. And so I was like, maybe I don't – well, I can say it. I didn't want to lose my love for the game, so right. I didn't want to go to college and, you know, ruin that for myself. Have you lost your love for the game? <laughs> like, no, <is> it- <laughs> what's, what's crazy is it's actually grown. Like the stories, they were true. The running and the, like, it's totally <laughs> different. But it actually made me grow to love the game and the process for the game so much more. That's really incredible. So why was it, I feel like, you know, we're here we are in Black History Month and you've been so vocal about being proud that this happened at an HBCU. Why were you so set on going to an HBCU? I honestly, I don't know. Whenever I was coming out of high school, to me, where I was from, it just sounded like a cool thing to do, like, you know, to be around kind of your same people to experience. And I went to actually originally I'm from Jacksonville, Arkansas. So there's a very diverse culture. I went to school on the Air Force Base. So you oh, like wow. you can imagine how diverse I grew up. But then it was just like something about going to an HBCU was so different for me. And so I wanted to try to experience it. Unfortunately, we've seen athletics at HBCUs. There's such a storied tradition there, but they don't get nearly as much attention as they used to, right? And we don't see read about the records being broken there. You've been, yes. I mean, you, you're reading, you're wearing t-shirts on interviews promoting HBCUs. <laughs> you're so proud, which, <laughs> which we love so much. So why is it important for you that you've been able to continue that tradition? I feel like it's so important to me because HBCUs, like you said, you really don't see them in the news. We don't get like the same facilities as other schools. We don't get the same trainers. We don't get the same just experiences, period, as bigger schools or PWIs. So the fact that I did this and I've been at HBCU and I get to represent us as a whole, that even though we're lower funded, even though it's only one really centralized group of people, like we're still doing the same things that everybody else is doing. I love that so much. So what are your what, what are your next steps? What are we going to see do next? <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking I could get another one, but hopefully me and my team, we pull this season out and we win our tournament, our conference tournament. And after that, go to the NCAA and become one of the first HBCUs to pass the first round. That would be incredible. We will definitely be rooting for that. Now, let's go back to, to earlier I asked, how did you develop develop such a diverse skill set? Was it playing with the guys? I was reading recently an interview my friend Ava Wallace of the Washington Post did with Sabrina Ionescu, who kind of said that it was because when she was playing with the guys, they wouldn't pass her the ball. So she had to be the one who would, who would get the rebounds first or otherwise, like she wouldn't be able to get the yeah. ball. <laughs> Is it 
it, was it similar for you? How did you learn how to pass and, because we know about scoring, you know, you can learn how to score, but how did you learn to pass and rebound the way you do? Actually, it's probably the same exact story as Sabrina's. Um, playing with the boys, you know, they were always more athletic, faster, whatever. So being the only girl, it was kind of like you were just a figure out there on the court until I kind of proved myself that, hey, I can rebound. Hey, I can pass. And so I kind of think it has a lot to do with playing with the boys. So what are you, I know last time this happened, which was just 13 months ago, which is ridiculous. <laughs> You got a shout out from LeBron James. You were the talk of the town. What has the reaction been this time? Has it been any different? I know you've been, I mean, you've been on media everywhere. What, what has it been like to get it twice? Actually, the reaction is the exact same from the rude comments from men, like to the support from my school, from the support from the nation. NBA players, well, Kevin Garnett put me on his Instagram story. Don Staley said like the experience and the entertainment and the attention has been exactly the same. That is really great to hear. Although we still need LeBron to give you another shot. Yeah, we do need to get get LeBron back. He needs to pay a little more attention to his mentions. You know, I I think he's been a little distracted by free agency this week. But, you know, I'll send him a text message. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make sure he's notified. So let's talk about the hate. This is something we talk about on the show a lot and, you know, is... The amount of what we like to call fragile masculinity that women's basketball seems to trigger in men. So have you been experiencing that? And what are people saying? And how do you respond to that? Actually, I ended up, my school ended up having to say something to me because usually I let the comments slide, <laughs> but somebody had commented like under Sports Center's picture and it had like so many likes. Like, this happens in the WNBA all the time. They'll probably have like 79 next season. This isn't anything. But then he was like, something about the NBA. That's why it's only been one in the NBA because of men's sports. And it made me so angry that like my I said something and my school was like, you have to, like, you have to take that down. You can't say stuff like that oh, to certain people so <laughs> I really but typically I normally handle it well like if I can read it I'll just scroll past it and then it reminded me every time I see something it reminds me of something I think it was Sue Bird she had said like it's crazy you can get um, recognition from people like Michael Jordan LeBron the best of the best but Jim and Joe on the couch are trying to tell you they can take you one-on-one like literally that's what I think of every time because it's people that literally sit on their couch all day that get under pictures and complain about women's basketball. It's one of the most mind boggling things. I don't think I'll ever understand it. <laughs> We've got a question from a couple of my co-hosts. Number one from my, from Shireen. She wants to know what is your sneaker of choice? My sneaker of choice would have to be some Jordan threes. Ooh, good yeah. choice. Good choice. <laughs> and, and Brenda, who is a professor, she wants to know what academic classes are you enjoying? <laughs> I actually only have one class to graduate and that's criminal research too. So that's the only class that I'm taking. Okay. So what is, what is your major? Um, my major is criminal justice with a minor in psychology. So is that what, what you, it, obviously let's go for pro basketball first, but yeah. is that something you see long-term is working in criminal justice? Initially, when I came to school, I wanted to go to law school, but professional basketball is like top on my list right now. So I'm, I'm hoping that I won't even have to take another route. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's talk about that. I mean, because 
we haven't seen that many players from HBCUs really make the step into the WNBA. Have you been talking to coaches? How is that going? Because training camps are coming up and what can we expect? Actually, at this point, I don't think I can talk to anybody, but... Right. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. No violations. <laughs> no violations. <laughs> but it's definitely something that's on my mind that I've talked with with my own coaches and my parents. So we're all really worried about this season right now, but long term that's definitely something we've all talked about. Are you the type of person who gets more motivated by the fact that that this step is so rare? I actually don't know if there, you know, how many have made this step. And so does that motivate you more? The fact that you weren't recruited by a UConn, that you weren't on this, this big list and that you're doing it for a smaller school? Actually, that's probably one of my biggest motivations, like the fact that I was overlooked, but also the fact that I come from such a small spot and such a big central like, you know, plant and that people are really paying attention. And it's not because I did something bad or something that I wasn't supposed to do. I'm bringing good attention to HBCUs and smaller networks that usually don't even get these. I mean, this type of attention. And then there's probably multiple girls that have been overlooked that think even if I go to an HBCU, it won't matter anyway. And I'm giving them the chance to be like, you can do whatever you want, wherever you want. That's incredible. Well, I know there are tons of girls and boys looking up to you. We are certainly fans and we will be rooting you on the rest of this season and hopefully for many years in your pro career. Thank you so much, Shakila. Thank you.